Hey, good morning. How are we doing, Eastgate Church? We're doing good. Hey, if you're in love with Jesus today, let me hear you go whoop, whoop. There we go. That's my church. Y'all are looking good again today. So glad that y'all are with us. Hey, if you're a guest here today, uh, you're no longer a guest. You're family. So keep your shoes off. Relax. You're at home. We're so glad that you're here. Everyone tuning in online. Can we just give a big shout to our online audience today? Can we just tell Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know we've got a few families sick today, so you guys watching, we, we're praying for you. We hope you get better. Uh, it's going to be a great service today, so if you would, remember to hit that like button and that share button today. It's a lot of stuff going on in our church, yeah? My goodness gracious. And you know that, um, you know that Jesus is coming soon when Alabama keeps winning football games like they do. It just makes no sense. You know that there's evil in the world, and Jesus is coming back soon. I'm just telling you, man. Uh, hey, there's a lot of good stuff going on at our church. You know, don't forget all the stuff that Rachel was telling us about a little bit earlier. Um, there's a couple of other things, though. Um, don't forget, parents, that we have a parents' meeting on October 2nd that we want. I love this. If you're a parent of a student, um, we're setting up time for us just to connect um, as a church with you. You're the number one influencer in your student's life. We come alongside you to help lay that foundation in your kid's life. And so there's going to be a lot of information in that meeting. We're going to let you see the calendar, what's coming up with students. We're going to ask some questions of you. It's be a lot of good back-and-forth conversations. We want to make sure that we're on the same page together and you know that Eastgate Church is here for you to help you in laying that foundation in your student's life. Amen? So October is rolling up again like it does every year. Um, end of October, don't forget, it's Fall Fest here at Eastgate Church. We're starting to talk about it now because we can't wait. Um, we're going to get out there and pump, pump it up in the community and invite the community to come back in like they did last year. Last year we had over 2,000 people show up on campus for Fall Fest. We got to show them the love of Jesus. But here's the deal. We need candy. We need candy for those crackhead kids that show up wanting candy. Um, Halloween night, so we want to we give them all the candy we can, so we need you to start now, okay, start now bringing candy, um, we don't like candy that has scary faces on it, you know, so just the plain Jane package stuff, just bring it in, no scary stuff, uh, we want to make sure we're sending the right message as a church, but if you will, don't forget to bring some candy, and for all of you guys that sing really good in a group, don't forget the worship choir that we're putting together for the Christmas service this year. Um, so if, if, if you're like me and you like to sing in a group so low nobody can hear you, this is going to be a great opportunity for you. Uh, but no, if you want, if you want to, um, uh, there's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer um, or check out uh, or go uh, get with uh, Pastor Jeremy and he'll get you signed up for it. We're starting sign-up for that now. Practices are going to start in a few weeks. Okay, I'll say it again, practices are going to start in a few weeks, so don't wait till the last minute to sign up for this stuff. It's going to be a great opportunity uh, for you guys to participate in the Christmas service, and we're going to give Jesus to some people this year. So we got Fall Fest coming up and the big Christmas service. Uh, it's a great season to see what God is doing here at Eastgate Church. Amen? So we have a special guest with us here today, and I love this guy for a couple of reasons. And I'll tell you, one, he's got a heart for Jesus. Uh, this guy is full of wisdom. 
He's really good at what he does. He's very gifted by the Lord. Uh, he has excellent taste in football teams. I'll tell you that Amen. right now. Excellent. What, what's all the hate coming from in the room? Somebody online needs to back me up a little <laughs> bit here. My goodness, the spirit of college football. I saw an Alabama glass in the church earlier today. I've seen Georgia stuff in the church. This church is not clean, y'all. We, we need to pray over this place. But he does. He has excellent taste in, in football teams. He's the president and CEO of Integrity Financial Solutions. And uh, we're just honored to have him here to help put a bookmark on this financial series that we've been in. Has it not been a blessing just digging into the Word of God, letting God speak to us about our finances? Um, so Rob's going to come today and drop some great wisdom on us. And don't forget, um, towards the end of the service, you're going to have an opportunity to sign up for a free consultation with Rob and his team. Um, they provide a, I mean, a plethora of financial services. And he's here to serve us as a church, and we're so grateful for what he does. So if you would, please, um, let's show some Eastgate love and give a little bit of praise to God for the ministry and wisdom that he's placed inside of Rob Stewart this morning as he goes. Love you, brother. Love you, you too, man. Absolutely. Let you do your thing, man. Good morning. Guess what? I'm home. Wow. It feels so awesome to be here, guys. I mean, it's just uh, so many amazing faces, so many people just growing uh, spiritually, people getting older. Jeremy's getting old. <laughs> David's still old. Thing, things are just, well, I mean, some things just don't change. You know, you wouldn't age as fast if you would be an SEC fan, David. That's right. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm an Auburn fan. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm dying early in life probably. My heart attack tigers did it again last night to me. It, uh, goodness gracious. But thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me, uh, Pastor Josh. You're awesome, dude. Look, let me tell you about your pastor. I love this guy too. And, and I'm going to tell you something all of you know about him. He's genuine. He truly, when he says, I love you, he means it. I have, you know, it's been a few years now um, since I, I've seen all of you and been a part of, of the family here. And, you know, randomly, and I'm sure you guys too, randomly I'll just get a text, and it's Josh. And it can be the, like the worst day in the world, and it's just, hey, brother, I want to let you know I'm thinking about you. This morning God put you in front of me in my prayers. Just wanted to say I love you. Who does that anymore? I mean, honestly. He, honestly, out of all the great men of God in my life, he's the only one that does that. And I mean, that is a testimony uh, of somebody who just genuinely loves you. You know, I mean, I'm not here every Sunday, and I, it, but God, he, he still puts me in his life to pray for, and that is just awesome. Thanks, dude. Thank you for loving me like that. Um, so I understand now. I'm going to let you guys know we're going to keep it really laid back this morning. Is that okay with you guys? Because that's who I am. If I'm laid back, I do a better job. I feel better when I can just be here and be used as God, just as an empty vessel, and just to be able to share what God says about our finances. And I understand that you guys have been doing this for a few weeks now, right? So who wants to volunteer to tell me one thing you've learned about God and money the last few weeks? Come on. Anybody? Anybody? What have you learned? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Always. We can never outgive God. 
No matter, I, and you know what? I tested him. This is the one place in the Word of God he says to test him. It, it, it's to try to give more than he gives. And Lori and I, one time in our life, we actually tried it. And we said, you know what? Let's just give till it hurts and see what happens. And, and we did. And you know what? He just poured and poured and poured to the point that we were like, oh, my Lord, it's true. Imagine that. His word is true. <laughs> we say it all the time, but do we believe it? Amen. You know? I mean, that, that word is true. It's black and white and red letters that speak into our life and it's life. Um, but my, again, my name is Rob. Any of you who do not know me, my name is Rob. I've been in the financial services industry for about 20 years. It's hard to believe that. Um, <laughs> oh, two decades now. And I love God. I love God. And I love helping people with their finances. We are a biblical-based financial planning firm. Uh, we're in Carrollton. I, any of you that know anything about Carrollton, we're about three doors down from the Lazy Donkey. Yeah. Yep. We got some Lazy Donkey fans in here. Uh, anybody says, hey, where's your office? Three doors down from the Lazy Donkey. Oh, okay. I know where you're at. Of course you do. It's the Lazy Donkey. Um, so this morning, I'm going to try to track on time, okay? Uh, try not to rabbit trail too much. I have a tendency of maybe talking a lot. I'm not sure. I've been told that once or twice. Uh, but God found a way to take my gift of gab and use it for his good. Amen? That's one thing we do. So I want you to ask questions, and I want you to maybe give a testimony of something that we, we talk about if God worked this in your life or you have a testimony of somebody else that you saw it, because that benefits all of us. Everybody grows, including me. You know, those stories I grow from and I learn from. So um, I, I chose not to do workbooks this morning because of the time. Because doing workbooks, it takes a little bit more time, and I've got a lot of information I need to go through, okay? So we're going to, anybody have any questions, comments, ideas? All right. And I am married. 20 years now. I can't believe she's put up with me that long. Uh, any of you who know my wife know she is a saint. She is awesome. She is my everything. And I've got three beautiful girls, and you won't believe it, but they're about to be 28, 27, and 19. Now, Jordan, all of you who know her, she's now a sophomore in college. And uh, Morgan's pushing 30. So, <laughs> so yeah, if you didn't feel old before I got up here, you do now. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? You get to a season in your life, you figure out it's two choices, old or dead. I'll take old. My kids are like, Dad, you're getting old. I'm like, well, I'm here. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, so we're going to start in prayer real quick. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for all of these beautiful people love to come here and, and worship you and love you. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just cut through all the stuff, Father. Let us be honest with ourselves this morning, Father, about where we are with you and how we treat your finances, Father. Lord, I pray right now that we just break the chains of bondage in people's life, Father, that we would break debt in their life, Father, that you would just renew our minds and let us just change the way we view how we do things in our financial lives, Lord. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, I just... Give myself over to you, Father. Let every word be from your throne room this morning, Father. It's not about me, but it's all about you, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's see if I can get all my technology going today. All right. So first thing, we're going to set a little bit of groundwork, okay, for honoring God in our finances. 
Is it there? Yeah. Okay. I have this because I'm too blind to see that. That comes with age. All right. So, first thing is we got to know that, guys, this is important. God is the owner of all things and entrusts tangible resources to us. I'm about to tweak something for you. Okay, this is the first step in changing your life financially. You have to understand it's not just about tithing the 10%. We get caught up on that. Well, I'm going to give God my 10% and the other 90% is mine. No, no, no. No, it's not. It's all God's. And he entrusts it to you as a steward. And we're going to talk about stewardship in just a minute. But all of the things we have in our life, they're all God's. The house, our children, our businesses, everything is his. And he expects us to take care of it and to manage it. All right? Here we go. So we just talked about God's the owner of all things. He entrusts it to us. And a steward is someone who manages another property or affairs. Jeremy, do you recognize this castle? You, you, don't, you don't remember this castle? This castle has been in our presentation all the way since, wow, the early 2000s, I guess. I always keep it, with permission, of course. This is, any of you here may or may not know Lance Ayers? Yeah, maybe you may know that name. Well, this is actually the Ayers Castle, or was the Ayers Castle. So Lance used to do this presentation with me, and, and he actually is the one that went and found, you know, the picture of his, his family castle, and he used to tell this, this wonderful story about stewardship, that this was their castle, and of course, castles have stewards that maintain it and, and take care of it and pay the taxes and do all the things they're supposed to do. Well, it's no longer the heir's castle because the steward didn't pay the taxes, didn't take care of the property, and it got repoed. The heir's castle is repoed. So it's no longer the heir's castle. And it's the same thing, guys, in our lives. We are the stewards of everything God gives to us, and we've got to manage it and take care of it, or it'll go away. You know, we have to take care, and there's a scripture that talks about taking care of the little things, and he'll entrust us with bigger things. But we have to show him that we can take care of those things he gives us to manage, because if he can't trust us with the little, he's not going to give us more. Because we're not showing responsibility. And we really need to take that to heart, that everything that comes in is God's. It's not yours. It's God's. All of it. He just blesses us and allows us to keep that 90%. But it's still his. All right? Oh, sorry. I'm having a really hard time here. This is, this is rough looking at this and clicking that. All right, so working for money. God is the owner of all things and entrusts things to us. A steward is someone who manages, and we must take honor in doing well with the things God's entrusted us. Taking honor in that. Do I? It may be easier on me, just to be honest with you. Because it, it's a little bit of my brain's going whoop, all over the place. So how do we do that? Number one, we've got to realize that God has power and authority over all the money and material things in our lives and being responsible with money by planning properly and not overspending. Sounds so easy, doesn't it? But yet we have billions of dollars of credit card debt here in the United States. That comes from overspending. 
That's what it comes down to and not being able to... And, and, and it's not anybody's fault. Now, I don't want you to feel condemnation today. I want you to feel conviction. There's a difference. All right? Conviction is one thing, not condemnation. Look, you're not alone. You know, a lot of the things I've learned have been from my own mistakes. Getting in debt, getting in credit card debt, all of these things. Society pushes that on us continuously. All right? It, it's all the time, and it's something we have to be cognitive of to make sure we don't do it. Um, because it's everywhere, all the time. Finance this, do this, get this credit card, get this. It's, we're just pounded with it all the time. And guess what they don't teach us? How many here in school had any teaching about how to balance a checkbook? How many taught us how to manage our financial affairs when we were in high school? There's just no teaching out there. And a lot of times we learn bad habits from our parents' bad habits. I mean, I'll be honest, that was me. You know, my parents are old school. They didn't have a checking account. You know, my dad got paid, and then they went and got money orders. Y'all remember the old days, getting money orders for all the different utility bills and running around town and paying them, and whatever was left over, that's what we had for the week. You know, and so that's the life I grew up in. There's not a whole lot of financial management in that plan right there, right? All right, so what are the three things that keep us from allowing God to move in our lives financially. Number one, greed. Having excessive earthly or materialistic desires. Next, click it a couple of times, will you? One more, two more. One more. There you go. The next one is disobeying God's word. And the next is not following God's plans for our lives. How many of us, you can raise your hand if you want to. You don't have to. Okay. How many of us have said, wow, that's a great idea. I can make so much money doing that. Let's do it. And then turn around after you've fallen on your face and went, man, did I ever ask God if that was a good idea or if I should do that? Did I pray about that decision? Or did it just sound like such a great idea that I'm so awesome that I know more than God does? None of you have ever done that, I'm sure. I'm sure. I can't tell you how many times I have done that in my life and looked back and went, oh, Rob, bro, you got so excited you forgot to pray. What are you doing? So it's very easy for us to get out of God's plan for our life. And that's one of the things that really keeps us from being able to be blessed in our financial life. So the solutions are is make sure you take care of your needs first. All right? Needs. Food, clothing, shelter. That's your needs. If you have those three things, you are highly blessed and favored. Because you know what? Most of the world doesn't. We are very, very blessed if we have those three things in our life. But society says that success looks like this. Snapshot. You know, painted fence, the big house, the cars, the boats, this, the that. And that's the way we need to be to have success. Success is having financial freedom. To live your life and be able to do the things God called for you to do in your life. That's success. No matter what that picture looks like. It may be to be a multimillionaire and you tithe for your church every month because you're so blessed of $40,000. Say amen. amen. 
that could be your blessing. That may be someone's road, but it's all about God's plan, no matter how big or how small. It's about his plan in your life. Now, you do see a car there. Now, let me tell you about a need. One of the things we have to do is we have to be able to decipher between needs and wants. Let me, let me put my phone here so I can keep my eye on the time. So, what is a need and a want? Is this a need? Whew, it's quiet. Of course it is. No, it's not. Does it make my life easier? Absolutely. Do I remember life without this? Yep. And I, and I kind of like that life better, just to be honest with you, because now I can't get away from anybody. Even on cruise ships, now they have Wi-Fi, and people still expect me to answer my phone. So this is not a need, guys. This is a want. This is a desire of my heart to make my life easier. Now, it makes my job more efficient. My clients can call me. I've got all of them in there. I can send emails. I can do everything. I have a walking computer. However, I still did my business before this. I went to my office. I sat in front of my computer with my landline and my fax machine, and, and I did my business. It was just doing it a different way. You know, now I can do it sitting in the foyer, you know, waiting on my coffee to come out. It just makes me, but it's not a need, guys. You've got to identify needs and wants to be able to be financial responsible because we can justify anything as a need. Anything, if we want to. And that's where we get messed up at. Well, I need this. I need, no, 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 no. You want this. There is a difference between the two of those. So living on less than you make. Again, sounds so easy, right? Let me give you a really, really difficult algebraic equation. Income minus expenses equals disposable income. Leftovers. That's a really, really difficult equation, right? So if you get $1,000 a week and you spend $999 a week, how much do you have left? A dollar of disposable income, right? If you make $1,000 a week and you spend $1,500 a week, how much money do you have? No, you, you got negative 500 is what you got. And now we're going to put about 26% interest on top of that $500. So now you just spent $526 for the week. Get it? Sounds simple, but it's so hard for us because of life and what they do to us with keeping up with the Joneses, Where's my clicker guy? There we go. Oh, you disappeared in the lights. I, couldn't, I was like, he was there. Where'd he go? Um, keeping up with the Joneses and also in marketing traps. All right, so what do you think of when you hear this? Go back one time for me, Jeremy. Sorry, buddy. I, I tricked you. Um, Nike. There it is right there. Uh, be all you can be. Tell me marketing doesn't work. God's chicken. There it is. That's not really their thing. That's what I say. It's, it's God's chicken. Um, marketing works, guys, and it works on us, and we have to realize that. And we cannot allow marketing and society to dictate our financial picture. We have to allow God to dictate our financial picture. Amen? That means praying over things before we do it, even if we want it or it sounds like a good idea. We've got to pray about it. 
God, do you want me to buy this new car that I can't afford? Do you want me to? Is it okay, God? And you know why we don't? Because we're afraid he may say no. <laughs> but we should want that because we don't know what's coming ahead. But I can afford the car, Rob. I'm good. The payment's only 250 bucks a month. I was budgeted at 325 for the month. I'm under budget, bro. I did my research, but did you pray? Because what you don't know is they're about to do layoffs in six months at your job. And you're not going to be able to afford it. You've got to pray, guys, and ask God's wisdom and guidance for every financial decision you make in your life. Because it's, it, it's His. It's His money. You've got to ask Him if you can spend it. We start to make that connection? That's what we're supposed to do. So don't try to keep up with the Joneses, folks. That's the worst thing we can do. I did it. I remember. <laughs> so... It, it was crazy. I just had this idea in my head of what I wanted, and I achieved it. Very early, I was in my 20s. I had, you know, the nice house in, in a nice neighborhood in Gwinnett County with the community pool, and I had the two brand-new cars. I had a brand-new camper. You know, I played golf all the time. I, I was living that life, and you know what? Looking back at it, it was one of the most miserable times of my life. You know why? Because we were broke. We didn't have no money. By the time we made all of our payments and we did all of our stuff, we were going and, and having to float checks to buy groceries. But from the outside looking in, we looked so successful. Yet all we were was stressed out and our marriage was falling apart around us because of that stress. You know, so, so don't, don't keep up with Joneses. The only Jones, well, you can't even say that. He's not a Jones. He's the only one you should be worried about keeping up with. Amen? So one of the things with Josh, would you hand me my water? I meant to bring it with me and I forgot. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate it, buddy. So one of the things we have to realize is that money is only a tool. And a tool can be used for good or evil. All right? It's just like having a hammer. Pastor Lance used to actually bring a hammer up and he, he, he was kind of scary with it. You have a hammer, it's a tool, right? You can take that hammer, and on one side of it, you can take it and you can build a beautiful home. Or you can turn that hammer around and come up and hit someone in the back of the head with it and kill them. It can be used for good or evil. Money's the same way. All right, so it's not money that's evil. It's just a tool. It's just a medium of exchange for tangible resources. And he, whoo, this is a good one. About to preach. It's only as important as things are to you. Mm. How about that one? Money's only as important as things are. Money does not buy happiness. Trust me, after 20 years of being a financial advisor, I have met more miserable millionaires than you can ever imagine. And it's just the truth. I'm not making it up. I'm not lying to you. They're miserable. Because all they care about is their money and their greed and, and their, all of that stuff. And they're so busy making it. Marriages are falling apart. Kids are not getting attention. There's just stuff everywhere. There are a lot of miserable millionaires. Okay? It doesn't buy happiness. And it's, it's great to be comfortable. Now, I know it can also bring stress when we don't have enough of it. But then sometimes we got to look at those needs and wants. You know what I'm saying? All right. And we must realize that it, money is immoral. It's just a tool. 
Not good or evil, it's just immoral. This is what's where God says the love of money is where man fails. Not money. All right? It's the love of money. In 1 Timothy, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. There's a lot of meat in that scripture. A lot of meat. Whoever trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. So with money being a tool, what should we do? Number one, we trust God to provide. Because God is the owner of all of the money. And, and let, me, let me give you a little secret here, folks. He knows what you need. He knows what your needs are. And, and sometimes I know it's hard as a Christian. We'll go, I'm trying so hard and I'm beating my head against the wall. I'm working two jobs and doing all I can do. And it's still not enough. And I'm so stressed. And why is God letting me go through this? Because you may need to. That's... that's the answer. That's to correct that sometimes God wants us to go through trials and tribulations. I can tell you I have <laughs> many, many, many trials and tribulations. All of my successes here, standing as a almost 50-year-old man, are built upon a mountain of failure. Mountains of failures and bad decisions and doing things the wrong way. And sometimes God let me do it on purpose so I wouldn't do it again. It's called wisdom. You know, that's one of the things it is. So just know that he will provide. He knows what we have need of. And you know what, guys? God wants us to prosper. The word of God says that. That's his, that's his word, not mine. He wants us to prosper. But we have to give it all to him. And we've got to fully trust in him and have complete faith in him and do all the things of obedience that we're supposed to for him to be able to move in our life. So what keeps us from prospering? Number one, shameful gain. Proverbs 13, 11. How many of you out there know somebody that they've made good money, but they didn't do it right? Selling drugs or stealing from people or doing the wrong thing, overcharging, just not, not doing business right. And they're not making the money the right way. The next is not having a good rapport with others. Proverbs 22, 1. So this is your reputation. How many of you know that, that business that you won't go to just because they got a bad reputation? It's one of the things that keeps you from prospering. It'll finally get you. And the other one is not being diligent in our labor, Proverbs 14, 23. So in English, God says, you're lazy. And you're not getting up and going and doing what you're supposed to do. You got to put your hand to the plow. You got to go do it. We can't just sit around and expect the money just to come to us. We, we got to go get it. So now that we've earned the money, what should we do with it? Keep going to money management. Keep going. So if at first you don't succeed, make a better plan. But don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. If you're, doing this, if, if you're doing the same thing you were doing a year ago, you're, I guarantee you you're still in the same place you were a year ago. It's true. We've got to make changes. And that's what I'm here for. And that's what Pastor Josh has been doing the last few weeks is to make real change in your life. I'm not here for my health, guys. 
I'm, I'm not here just to be pretty on the stage. It's natural, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here because I want you to be blessed, and I want God to give you everything He wants to give you. I want all those blessings in your life. I truly do. And I want your marriage to be awesome, and I don't want you fighting over money and stressed over money. That is not of God. It's not. But we want to make those changes. So the first thing we got to talk about, how many of you in here have had a budget? Raise your hand, for real. How many of you have done a budget? How many of you in here have taken that budget and crumbled it up in a big old piece of wad and thrown it in the trash? Right, amen. Me too. You know why? Didn't work. Let's talk about a few reasons why they didn't work. Budgets are very important. If you don't have a budget, there is no way you can be working a plan. Because the money is coming in and it's just going out. And then we turn around after the month is over, a week or two weeks, and we go, where did it all go? You know, have you ever done that? Where'd it go? I mean, we had like $1,000 and now we have like 20. Where'd it go? Well, I'll tell you where it went. It went on a candy bar over here and it went on some biscuit over there and, and we went to McDonald's and we went here and we went there. And then when it's over, it's all gone. That's the way it works. All right? So a great budgeting tool, and I do want you to write this down, is mint.com. Okay? How many of you here have used mint besides Jeremy? <laughs> I knew you had. So mint.com, there's, guys, there's so many. There's so many now. Does anybody have a great budgeting app they're using now besides Mint? Just anybody? I mean, now you've got Acorn. You've got, there's so many apps. It's ridiculous. All you have to do is go look up budgeting app. I like Mint, number one, because I've set my ways, and I've been using it forever, and I know it. And I just don't want to take the time to do another one. But I like Mint because I can put my budget in, and then I can set text reminders. For instance, I can say, okay, I want to spend $500 this month on entertainment. Okay? So entertainment, I go in, set all of those, and it'll actually text me. I've got it set to where when I, within, when I get within $50 of that budget, I get a text message. And if that's week three of the month, then I look at Lori and go, eh, no, we're probably watching Thor at home. We're not going to the movies it, it, because the movies is like $80 now by the time you get everything. So it, it mentally makes you aware of where your money's going. It makes you go, mm, no, we need, to, we need to stop. You know, we need to kind of pull back this week and maybe just watch some movies at home. Uh, you know, just maybe we'll pull out the old VCR and do something for free. Who knows? <laughs> some of the younger people are going, VCR? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things we have to realize is that opportunity cost. Every opportunity you have in your life costs. We should know the cost and the results of our actions, whether they're positive or negative. For instance, let's say Lori and I are talking about doing a kitchen remodel from Better Homes and Gardens. It's a beautiful kitchen, right? But at the same time, we've been working a lot and we've been going, 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 and doing, and doing, and doing. Well, what if we want to go on this nice vacation? But should I do both? Probably not. So we need, and maybe we have the money budgeted to where we can do both. But you need to understand that those opportunities that we have, they cost us. All right? And we, and we just don't need to go do it and go, oh, well, it's cool. We've got a $10,000 credit limit on the Home Depot card. Woo! Let's do it, baby. 
Yep, and now you're going to be paying on it for the next 15 years, and you're going to pay $20,000 for that, not 10. So we just need to understand those concepts and how they affect us. So who should do the budget? Don't answer. <laughs> you're not fair. You don't get to answer any questions today, Jeremy. So if y'all haven't caught on yet, Jeremy used to work with me. So he, he, know, he knows this stuff. He's, he's done this presentation. That's why I'm telling him, shh. So who should do the budget? Who do you think? Not you either. You're not fair, Rachel. Do what? Nice. Look at that. All that wisdom. Married couples should both be involved in the budget. Okay? And when you do a budget, now y'all need to listen. This is really important. The nerd needs to put the budget together. In every relationship, there's a nerd. Everywhere. Rachel is the nerd of that relationship. Right, and, amen. amen. Hey, we own it. We own it, girlfriend. You know the one back in school that had the calculator watch? You know, or, or the one that had it, their watch set to go off when the bell rang? That's the one that does the budget, that, the, the, the nerds. <laughs> so you always, you, you want the one that's good with numbers, okay? And so what Lori and I do is... I, I do the budget every month, and I put it down, you know, we put it on our spreadsheet, and we actually go on a date night. We go out to dinner at the end of the month, I take the budget with me, and this is where the both comes in, is I take it and I go, hey, here's the budget for next month, kind of look over it, tell, and she goes, oh, well, she doesn't do this now, we're in a new life, but she'd be like, hey, you forgot, you know, Jordan's got a ballet recital next month, and we've got a lot of fees, and we've got costume costs, and all this stuff coming in, I'm, oh, yep. Go in, move that around, get it in the budget. Oh, yeah, and you also forget about the $200 of dog food. Oh, yep. We're back and forth. We're working on it together. She has input into it. I'm just the one that put it on paper. We both put our stamp of approval on it and then put it to the side, and we have our date night. It's a great way because now we're working together. This is what usually happens. The nerd put the budget together. <laughs> Oh, my precious, I worked so hard on you. Here's the budget. Don't screw it up. Right? So what's going to happen? They're going to screw it up. And then the one that did the budget is going to go, you, you always messed it up. I'm just done with it. I'm not doing this anymore. And now we don't have a budget anymore. Sound familiar? I may have heard this before. Maybe in my own home. So we have to know how to put together a budget together. Now here's the next important step. The budget has to be a living, breathing entity. It cannot be staunch. It cannot be, this is the law. Because that's not how life works. Life's going to happen. It's an outline. There are goals. There are things we're trying to achieve. But at least if we're trying, we're going to get close. Because if we're not trying at all, we're not, there's nothing to aim for. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. And, you know, taken from the Ramsey, any of you have done that, you need to make every dollar going somewhere. You know, you need to make sure you have dollars going to entertainment, dollars going to savings, to retirement, to bills, to, all, to, to tithes, all of those things. You need to have them counted, all right? Now, also, if you're single, make sure that you have an accountability partner. Okay, if you're single, you want to have somebody you can sit down, look over the budget, someone you trust, a mentor, and just talk through your budget 
with you just to have that. It really, really helps, okay? So meet with your spouse or accountability partner before each month begins. All right, so proper planning is vital in order to succeed. You have to. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 15, 22. Not my words, his. Fair? So proper planning will keep us from worrying, which is both unfruitful and distracting. And let's just call it stressful. Is what it really comes down to. All right, so therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own, Matthew 6, 34. All right, so God tells us, don't, don't worry. So in, what he also says is instead of worrying, we should pray, we should ask God, and we should give thanks to God. It says it right there in Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's what we should do instead of worry, folks. That's what God says for us to do. It's just pray, give it to him, and believe in him, and do it with thanksgiving in your heart, knowing he knows what your needs are. So lack of planning leads to debt, bankruptcy, living paycheck to paycheck, and marital strife. So you can prepare for the unexpected. I'm going to breeze through this real quick just for time's sake, but I want to let you guys know that this is some of the things you need to have taken care of if you don't. You need to make sure you have a last will and testament in place. You need to make sure you have a living will. Your financial power of attorney, your life insurance, and down there at the bottom we have legacy planning. And what legacy, I'm going to go back to a couple of the others, but the, what legacy planning is, and one of the things, and I'm not saying you have to do this, this is a you and God thing, but one of the things that God has really moved us to do is to talk about legacy planning and let people know what it is. And, and we did this because it was a God thing. He told us to. And we're like, okay. Legacy planning is actually taking a portion of your life insurance and leaving a percentage to your church or to a ministry or something because that helps fuse more monies into the kingdom. Because, I mean, when I'm gone, I don't need it. You know, I don't need the money. I, when I'm gone, I don't, I don't need any money anymore. I got all the riches and glory, you know? I'm good. Uh, so that's one of the things we can do. That's something for you to pray about. And, and, and I, I just want you to know that that's an option and that is such a blessing to the kingdom of God when we are able to do something like that. All right? Now, also, last will and testament. For those of you in here with all these little ones, I've just got to touch on this because it's important you know it. In the state of Georgia, if you die intestate, meaning without a will, in the state of Georgia and you have minor children under the age of 18, even if your mom, sister, whoever is in the courtroom, if both of you, say, died in a car accident, the kids will go to foster care, period until they are able to do a background investigation on the new guardians. Reason being is they had a couple of cases in Georgia to where there's been two that I know of to where the judge gave them to like an uncle in one case. I know the other family is saying don't do that. He did it anyway. The uncle ended up harming the child and then they came and sued the state. And they said no more. We're not doing it. For now on until we can do background investigation and all of this stuff the children are going into the foster care system 
See, I see faces. Y'all didn't know that. That's why it's important to have a last will and testament. You can do a simple will. I mean, you do one online. I don't care. Do something, but make sure you have a will in, in place. A simple will right now is running probably around $500. You can get a simple will by an attorney. I say do it by an attorney because there's loop, they can have loopholes and be contestable, and it's just best to have an attorney do it. But having something offline is better than not having anything at all. Just to say, hey, the kids go here. This is what we want, okay? All right, any questions? So make sure you have your state planning done. If you don't have it done, that's something we can help you with. All right, so let's talk about saving money. Saving money is holding money for five years or less, okay? A lot of people ask me the difference between saving and investing. Saving is short-term. Five years or less is what you're holding that money for. All right, so some of those things we're going to talk about are the instructions and warnings on saving money. It says to put aside money for future needs, Proverbs, yet not for the purpose of hoarding. Anybody ever known them old people that have all that money and act like they broke? Y'all know who I'm talking about? <laughs> I ain't no money. Well, yeah, okay. So not we don't want to hoard our money. But yet, do not be greedy for riches in 1 Timothy. So here's the reasons to save. Number one, you should have an emergency fund. Your emergency fund is three to six months of your living expenses. So if your living expenses every month are $3,000, then you should have at least $9,000 saved up. That's three months if you get injured to get better. You'll never miss a bill. If you get laid off, it gives you three months to find a new job and never miss a bill. If we don't have any money, now we're going into credit card debt. We have no choice, but I didn't have a choice. Yes, you did. You had a choice to save some money. You did have a choice. You just chose not to. So now we've got to go back to credit card debt, and now we're getting enslaved by the lender again. Okay? So three... Six months is for, I tell people, six months is for 1099 employees, okay, business owners, people like that have more expenses that they need to do, three months for W-2. So big purchases like car replacement, home renovation, and vacations, reoccurring needs such as clothing, car maintenance, home maintenance, insurance premiums, Christmas, etc. But I had to, I had to, this is my favorite, Pastor Josh, I had to go into debt, Christmas came up. Okay, so you're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday by going into debt. Happy birthday, Jesus. Wait a minute. Christmas comes on the same day every year, y'all. We have 12 months to save for Christmas. How does it just show up? And now three weeks beforehand, woo, Christmas is here. Visa. Ching, ching, ching. It don't make no sense. We've, we've got to save for those things that we know that are coming. You know, if you know you spend $2,000 on Christmas for all of your kids, take 2000 and divide it by 12 and put that much back a month. There's an idea. Don't go into debt. Or better yet, teach them about Jesus' birthday being the most important thing. Imagine that. It's not about what we give. It's about remembering who it's about. All right? So investing money. 
Investing money is holding money for five or more years. So this is our long-term monies. So in Deuteronomy, it says, But remember the love, Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. I put this here because I want you to remember it's never about greed. Investing, when we invest, we're talking about growing our money, but we've got to remember that it's God that gives us the ability to be able to do that. Don't depend on the market or a man or this or that. Pray about it. You know, don't, that's the biggest thing is to pray about those decisions and pray about who you're doing it with. Because God, God can really keep us out of harm, you know. You've you got you to stay away from some of them folks. They're all about greed. So God does intend our money and our care to multiply. And we're, the only place it really shows us this, and we all have probably heard it, and I'm not going to go through it just for time's sake, is in Luke 19, he talks about the parable of the talents. And we all know the son that went and buried and, and hid it out of fear. Instead of obedience, he took his and gave it to the other son who went and multiplied the talents. So God does show us he does want us to multiply the money, but he wants us to have faith. And to, the biggest thing in that is the lesson of obedience that the one son did. So in Genesis it says to store up for the good years, prepare for the bad years, and don't let the famine ruin your life. And in Proverbs 13 it says, now this is important, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. So God's word does tell us a children's children would be what? Our grandchildren. So he wants us to leave an inheritance. You know, that, that is, he wants us to leave a legacy at least for two generations. Okay? And what this lesson is for, just to let you know, that's not a, about conviction or condemnation if you can't do that. It's more about that mentality. Have you ever heard the people that say, I'm going to spend every dime I've got before I leave the earth. I made mine. They can make theirs. It's not what he says, guys. I'm just letting you know. That's not what the Word of God teaches us, is that we should care about the next generation and the one after that and not have that mentality of spending every dime. So what does it say about borrowing and lending money? So borrowing money, God's guideline says, if you've borrowed, you should pay back your debts in Psalms 37. We should owe no man anything except to love them in Romans 13, and we are ruled or enslaved by the lender as long as the debt remains unpaid in Proverbs 27. So in other words, he's, he's not a big fan of debt, folks. It should be our priority to eliminate debt quickly. So, now, just, just to pause for a second, just so you know, this is one of the places, and Jeremy knows this, this is one of the places we thrive, is helping people get out of debt. We have amazing software. We have amazing programs out there that we can just... If you're in a lot of debt right now and you feel like you're in a hole and you don't know how to get out of it, guess what? We'll show you that light at the end of that hole and how to get out of it. And that's one of the things we're very, very good at is helping people eliminate debt. I have watched bondage break off so many people in meetings when I show them, if you'll just do this, 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 you can be out of debt in a year and a half. And they go... Really? Yeah. Imagine that. Because we put a plan in place. Follow the plan. The nu numbers are numbers. And that's why I love doing what I do is there's no guessing here. They're numbers. If you do it, it works. 
you'll get there. You just need somebody to show you how. And we can get you there. All right, so rather than lend, what the Word of God says is that we should give cheerfully without expecting anything in return. Give to the poor to help with their needs. And uh-oh, give to our enemies. Whoo! Man, really? God said that? I was supposed to give to my enemy? <laughs> yeah, he did. Right here, let me show you. In Luke 6, it says, But love your enemies and do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be the children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. What are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be the image of Christ. He says to be kind to the ungrateful and wicked. It's what he does, so it's what we're supposed to do. But I don't like them. They did me wrong. I'm not, I'm not giving them $100. I don't care if their lights are being turned off. Mm, is that some flesh? Come on. God says if there's a need to help, that means putting yourself to the side and being obedient to God's Word. And when you do that, guess what? He blesses you back every time, tenfold. That's the heart we're supposed to have. All right? Now, second warning. I'm going to give this one to you. This is some freedom. I learned this a long time ago. When you let someone borrow money from you, don't ever let them off the hook. Make sure they feel the need, unless God tells you to do otherwise. If it's a gift, that's what you do. Don't ever expect it back. In your heart, let go. And go, you know what? I know I'm lending them $200 for this need, but if they never give it back to me again, we're good. If they give it back, great, but I'm not worrying about it. That is not for them, that's for you. That's to protect your heart from hurt and pain and bitterness and all of the things that Satan will try to put in there to separate you from God in that situation. Just, just give. I mean, that's what the Word of God says we're supposed to do. And if you do it with that heart, it's going to be freedom. Right now, if anybody in the name of Jesus owes you money, let it go. Let it go, because that's what it says to do, to be in obedience to his word with money. All right? So giving money, God's guideline, considering generosity. Right here, we back it up with John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He's all about giving. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. That's the same heart we should have as a spirit of giving all the time. In Ephesians, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's all about giving. That's the spirit of God. So when we give, let's talk about tithes real quick. We know it means 10%. And guess what the word of God says? I'm going to put away the the age-old thing here of gross versus net is considered the first fruits of our increase. First fruits is what we get. You know, uh, Pastor Lance used to always say, you know, I mean, I guess if you want, you know, net blessings, give off your net. If you want, you know, gross blessings, give off your gross. Um, but it, it, it does say first fruits. So to me, that's off of our gross income. Uh, is, is what we should be doing. Why do we tithe? To learn, fear, respect God, to honor and obey, 
and it opens the doors to blessing in our lives. How should we tithe? <laughs> not begrudgingly, not out of necessity or compulsion, but with willingly with a cheerful heart. That's the, man, look, tithing should be worship. It should be, God, thank you for what you gave me. Here's what you asked for me to give you back out of obedience. Make it worship. That's what tithing should be about. It should, and look, this is the way you do your budget. Well, you do your budget just like this. The first thing on my budget up top is tithing. Because it's his, it's not mine. I can't do my budget based off of that money. That money is not mine. It automatically comes out of the equation. After that comes out, this is my money to take care of all of this other stuff with. You, you pay God first, you pay yourself second, and you pay your debtors last. That's biblical. You don't ever go and not feed your children or have a house because they're pressuring you for a payment. You take care of you and your family second. Now, I didn't mean go out and buy something you don't need and not pay your bills. All right, I said food, clothing, shelter, right? All right, so for the recap, you can't do both, can you? <laughs> We're just going to look at a few things. And what I want you to do in this, you can give it to me. I'm good. I'll figure it out. So I want you to ask yourself a few questions here. If you answer no to any of these, it means you need some help. Number one, do you have a last will and testament in place that is current and updated? Secondly, do you have a power of attorney for finance? Now, what a power of attorney for finance is, guys, just some of you don't know, this is a document that basically says, if something is to happen to me, and, and say you're married to me and my wife, say we're in a car accident, and we're incapacitated, this is the person that has the power to take care of your stuff, pay your bills, pay your mortgage and your utilities, and it's that person you trust to take care of things while you can't, okay? That's what that is. Do you have a living will? Everybody know what a living will is? Whether or not you want to be on life support, you know, all, all of those medical things that if you're unconscious, you can't speak for yourself. And this piece of paper lets everybody else know what your desires are. All right? Now, the good thing about these two, now the will, I don't do, I'm not an attorney, of course, but the living will and the fi financial power of attorney, we do for free for our clients. Okay, if you go to an attorney and they're going to give you the exact same paperwork that I have. It's state of Georgia paperwork. Okay, so that's something we can take care of for you. The next one is, is do you have adequate life insurance in place for you and your family? Very, I won't even go into it. I could talk 30 minutes just on life insurance. Uh, very important to make sure. And you don't want to be undercovered or overcovered. I've seen so many people that have so many policies that they don't need, okay? So that's something that needs to be vetted and make sure that you have the right amount and the, for what you're doing in your life. Do you have a monthly budget in place that works for you and your family? It's thinking, I guess. Do you have an emergency fund? We talked about that earlier three to six months. 
do you have a debt reduction strategy in place? And are you living in accordance to God's will in your financial life? So, this morning, guys, if you, if you answered no to any of those, that means that you need to sit down with somebody and get, and, and get some help. And, and that's what we're here for. Just so you know, everything that we do um, is free. We don't charge any money. We don't charge any planning fees whatsoever. This is a ministry for us to sit down and help people get their lives in place. And, and Because I'll tell you, bondage can destroy you. And it can hurt. And it can destroy relationships. And all of you in here that are that are my age or older, you've lived long enough, you've seen money destroy relationships, destroy marriages, destroy families. And it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth giving up your life, your happiness, all of those things. And God does have a plan. We just need to take the time to ask him. So this morning, I'm going to turn it over to, to Pastor Josh here in just a second. But I want you to be very honest with yourself about the things that, that we talked about today of where are you coming up short? Where are you out of line with God's plan for your financial life? Not yours, God's. And do you have the humility to stop and say, Lord, will you show me? We have to humble ourselves before him to allow him to build a move. Thank all of you. I'm going to close my part in prayer, and Pastor Josh, if you'll come up. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together today, Lord. I thank you for every person, Lord, that's in here, every ear that heard, Father. I pray that your word just pierced through any darkness or any places in our lives, Father. I pray that you would just open our minds and our hearts, Lord, and that your spirit would just speak to us, Father, this morning. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to be used, Lord, by you and to build to further your kingdom. We just praise and give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Um, while we're closing out, uh, there's a clipboard somewhere around here. There's a couple of them. They're going to be coming through while, while pastor's uh, finishing up. If you want me to give you a call um, and maybe set up a time for us to get together for some financial counseling or whatever you need, it may just be a phone call. Uh, just put your name on there. And basically, that's just telling me, hey, Rob, reach out to me, and I'll be giving you a call, okay? Thank you all for allowing me to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So we've got the uh, clipboards that are being passed out. Um, Terry, go ahead and get that going on this side. We've got one on this side. So as soon as you're done signing up, pass it forward. Um, let me encourage you with a couple of things as we're getting ready to close. You ever heard the saying that opportunities are great, but opportunities are only available in the life of the opportunity? <laughs> Today is one of those opportunities. You know, in church, you know, we, we, we preach a lot, we, we teach a lot, we talk a lot. In my experience, and Rob would probably say the same thing, with the area of finances, this is probably one of the most under discipled aspects of the Christian life. Because people are scared to death to talk about it. People are intimidated to say whether or not they need assistance in it. And most of us are just ill-equipped from just lack of training in this stuff in general. But I appreciate what, what Rob does when he comes in and, and works with churches and groups. What he gives is so practical. 
what he gives is just so easy to get, just to get connected with and get this stuff working for you. I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity. Um, the reason why we camped out on this topic for, this will be the fifth week of this series, is just making sure that we're all at least at a good basic understanding of how all this works what God's financial plan for our lives are and how it benefits us to take everything that Rob talked about today is a biblical principle from the Word of God. It's wisdom from the Word of God, and that's what we've tried to present over the last five weeks. I know um, you may not have been able to be here for every week. That's why I'll say if you, if you haven't been here for every week and you've missed some, go back to the podcast or hop online and catch up on these messages over the last five weeks. What Rob did today was amazing in wrapping up this focus on finances. Why is this important? Well, I mean, if you're like me, you pretty much deal with money every day of your life, yeah? Right? You deal with money every day of your life. This is one of the the most critical parts of this life that we have. And I think it's important for us if if we're that involved in it and it's that involved with us and we should know God's plan and have a plan for this stuff. We as a church want to make sure that you have the information that you need from the Word of God and that we're doing our part to disciple and to set you up for success in your personal finances. Okay, Because you being debt-free, that's freedom in your life, right? That's freedom in your life. Us as, as individuals being able to operate at a place of financial freedom and power, man, that opens up so many opportunities for us to to bless others and to see the kingdom of God go forth the way that it should. Amen? And I, I think, man, it's I don't want to be one of those pastors that has to stand in front of God and have God say, hey, you did a great job equipping the people in every area but one. I want to make sure that we're equipping the people in all areas of life. And so that's why we've done this. And I, I want to encourage you as this clipboard's going around Make sure that you sign up. I know we have a lot of people sick today, and you may be watching online, and you feel like you might be missing out on this. You're not missing out. Um, Drop us a comment and let us know that you want to connect with Rob, and we'll get you in touch with Rob or send us a a private message, and we'll make sure that you get uh, the information gets to the right place so we can connect you two together. So just so you're not here doesn't mean that you're missing out on this opportunity. Discipleship is important. Having a plan is important. What Rob is offering to you is the opportunity to have his experience and his wisdom come alongside you and to craft a plan for your finances that will benefit you, your family, your children's children, and the kingdom of God and what God's able to do in and through you. Amen? So, How many of you would like to see, at the end of the year, more money in savings? You know what I mean? You would like to see more money that you're able to invest knowing that that money is working for you for the purpose of you serving the kingdom of God. You know what I mean? How many of you would love to be at a place to see somebody going through a, a season of need in their life and just be able to open up the checkbook and provide through your resources and benefit somebody? This is what we're talking about here. It's putting ourselves in a place to be in control of the finances that we're submitting to the Lord because it's all His anyway, but to be in a place to be used by Him. I remember Kelly and I were were first married. There were so many opportunities where we could not give to help others because we were just so messed up in our finances, and we had to get a plan. You know, we had to get a plan. 
I want to encourage you, get a plan and work the plan. Um, anybody else not get a chance to sign up? We've got some in the back, so let's get some clipboards to the back. Make sure we've all got an opportunity to do this. Has this been great? Has this been great? So, so yeah, make sure you hug Rob's neck and, and tell him thank you. This is a great service that they do. He could be charging a lot of money to do this. But he's got a heart for the kingdom. He has a heart to see you succeed. So, a couple more minutes. We've got people signing up back there. I do, I do want to do this. Um, it looks like most of us in here have signed up. Praise God for that. Um, let me let me pray over you. I think the Lord wants to bring some of us to a point of decision today. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And Father, speak to our hearts right now. God, I pray that no one would put up a wall or a defense. God, I pray that our hearts are open to respond to your word today, Lord, without hindrance or interference. If you're here this morning and you feel like the Lord's spoken to you through wisdom that's come forward this morning say you know what Pastor Josh I've realized today that I need to let go of this control of my money and submit it to the Lord I need to make a change in how I approach finances and I need to start doing it God's way instead of my way if that's you every head bowed, every eye closed when I count to three I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me I'm not going to embarrass you in any way or call you up front I just, I want to know who God is speaking to and I want to know who I'm going to be praying with in just a moment so if that's you, God's spoken to me I need to make some changes I need to submit some things to the Lord I need to, to take myself off of the throne of my heart and put God on that throne when comes to finances, that's you on the count of three. Lift your eyes and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. I see eyes going up. That's awesome. Once you lift your eyes, you can put them back down. God's speaking to us. Let me encourage you. Realizing that change needs to happen and making the change are two different things. If you haven't signed up to let Rob work with you, um, I'd encourage you to do that because he's going to be able to come alongside you and help disciple you in these first steps of making sure that the Lord is in control of the budget 100%. He's great at doing that. And sometimes we need somebody to come alongside us in these matters um, in life, in breaking patterns and breaking cycles in our lives and one, establishing great habits. We need people to help disciple us in these things. And Rob is an excellent source. And anything I can do to help you, I'd love to. But I want to, I want to point you to Rob because this is his wheelhouse and this is his ministry. And this is what he does. So if you haven't signed up to talk to him regarding that, make sure that you do it. How many of you say, Pastor Josh, the Lord showed me some stuff today that I need to be better prepared for. I need to have an emergency fund. I need to make sure that the legal issues in life, the the will power of attorney, those things, I need to get those things in place now. I maybe you would say God showed that to you and you're going to make a change in that area on the count of three. Lift your eyes and look up at me. One, two, three. Eyes going up all in this place. See, God's speaking to us. You guys can all look at me now. God's speaking to us. It's practical wisdom. 
with an opportunity to change. So um, once again, I'll encourage you, if you haven't signed up to get a consultation with Rob and his team, do it. Do it, do it. These are changes we know we need to make. This is wisdom we know we need to operate in. And uh, it just helps us have better security in our life and moves us into obedience with the Word of God. So make sure that you do that if you haven't done it yet. Again, everyone online, uh, drop a comment and let us know if you want to connect with Rob or send us a private message. And we'll make sure that we get you in contact uh, with Rob and his team so that you can start taking some steps forward. Great stuff today, huh? Let's all stand this morning close. I love this. Next week we're going to kick off a, a new series. We're going to look at the book of Galatians and start digging into our identity, what the Word of God says that we are, and uh, who He says that we are. It's going to be a powerful, powerful new series. I love this season in our church. Every Sunday when I stand up and look at you guys, see you free from debt. I want to see you putting money back for your family, for the future. And I want to see us in the kingdom, us individually and as a church rise to the place of financial power to be able to impact people for the kingdom of God. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Amen? That's what it's all about. So let's get out of here today and let's make that impact. Let's get out of here today and let God use us. Don't forget though, we'll plug this. Elevate is tomorrow night. Listen, if you are remotely connected to this church in any way, shape, or form, be at Elevate tomorrow night. If you're involved in a team, we expect you to be here tomorrow night at 7 for Elevate. That's a great time to get equipping and teaching and training and to hear the heart and the vision of our church and what God is speaking to us right now. It's a great place for that, so don't miss Elevate tomorrow night. Let me pray over you and let's get out of here. Father, thank you so much again. Lord, for the truth of your word, Father, for what you've spoken to us today. God, don't let us be hearers of the word only, but Lord, let us apply this to our lives, Father, and operate in the wisdom. And the beautiful thing is your wisdom, your wisdom protects, provides, and sets us free. Lord, let us operate in your wisdom. We give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's give God some big praise for what he's done in the place.